Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Because of your generosity and your just faithfulness to love Jesus through not only serving but giving, um, we have been able to support a number of missionaries throughout the years uh, all over the world. And one of those missionaries is with us this morning. And I'm super excited because he killed it in the, no pressure, in the nine o'clock service. And the word he brought is just so aligned by the Holy Spirit with some of the things that we've been been talking about. Uh, Pastor Joel deployed uh, out of the wilds of Santa Maria uh, uh, five years ago to Playa del Carmen, the other side of Mexico. He's pastoring uh, Casa de Fe. And God is doing amazing things there, and I'm just so excited that we get to be on the receiving end of what Jesus has been doing in him and his team. Now, he did tell me between services that it is perfectly acceptable for you to say amen from time to time. Uh, He is a Hispanic preacher, and the more you talk back to him, the better he preaches. So I'm, I'm just saying, no pressure, full permission. So would you welcome Pastor Joel as he comes to bring the word this morning? All right. Thank you, Pastor John. It's so good to be with you, Lompoc Foursquare. Uh, Why don't you guys give yourselves such a, you know, another hand of applause. You guys are amazing people. Uh, Pastor John was not kidding when I said it. Please, if you say amen after a statement, it affirms me and my lack of just uh, security. No, I'm kidding. I just kidding. But, uh, but my name is Joel. I actually, I grew up in Santa Maria, California. Anybody from Santa Maria here? Oh, come on. All right. Praise God. There's a few. So I grew up there. I'm originally from Mexico. My parents uh, migrated here when uh, I was three years old. And uh, thank God that he brought me to Santa Maria. I grew up at Santa Maria Foursquare Church. I was there. I started going there at four years old. And then I, I was able to, you know, God gave me the opportunity to pastor the church that I, I grew up in. So it's uh, it's good to be back. It's good to feel a little cold. If you don't know about Playa del Carmen, it's never, never cold. It's always hot or hotter. I mean, it's just there's two there's two climates. I mean, there's just, uh, but, um, but I have with us uh, three of our four kids, which is, I'm going to ask them to go ahead and stand. Uh, they're here with us today. So... Uh, they're, they're my children. Thank you, guys. That's Etni, is Jesse, Michaela, and Eliana is back at home with mom. My wife, Veronica, uh, wasn't able to come today. But, um, uh, you know, again, yes, I have four children. Don't look at me weird. I'm four square. That is part of, that's a requisite for being a minister in the four square church. No, I'm kidding. No, that's not, that's not true. So, uh, so, but it is, uh, I also have our team with us here from Casa de Fe. So I'm going to ask them to stand uh, really quick. So they're part of our ministry team. Amen. Thank you, guys. We have Cynthia, and we call them the Dannys because they're both named Daniela. And then, uh, and then we have Tim in the back, uh, also with our with your production team, just checking it out so he can get some, uh, you know, some vision and insight, and just be able to bring a little bit of what you guys are doing here back back home. Uh, but <clears throat> praise God. Who has here have has ever? Ask Jesus, uh, Jesus, can you use me? Would you use me? How many guys here? Let me see your hands. Say, Jesus, use me. Yes. All right. All right. How many of you guys know that that's a dangerous prayer? (laughs) 
right? I mean, because, you know, the one thing we know about God is he answers our prayers. And one thing that we know is that as we ask God to do something, he will do it. That is one of his traits. He is faithful to actually, you know, fulfill that which we pray about. And how many know that our prayers, not, not only uh, are, are we able to see them manifested on earth here during our lifetime, but also they transcend death. There's some prayers that actually we'll never be able to see the realization of those prayers. But, you know, our generations are going to be able to see them. How many of you guys know that? You know, God is a God who just not, will continue to do the work in us. But, but can I encourage you not to ask Jesus to, to, to use you, but rather uh, help you be bold to do when, uh, that which he is showing you to do? You know, because sometimes we can ask Jesus to do something, but, but we, we, when God gives us the opportunity or the opportunity arises, uh, we shy away from that. And we don't do that which God is giving us uh, or showing us in the moment. So can I ask you to do something this week? Would you tell him, God, give me the boldness to do that which you are showing me to do? Because uh, that, is, that is something that many of us, um, I know for myself, I've asked God to do uh, stuff through my life. But then the opportunity arises, I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't know if I could do that. That's a little scary. Now, I don't know about, I, I, meant, I meant, yes, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but I didn't mean to move me from the place I know to another country. You know, so that's exactly what I was, I was like, God, I know you were telling me that you were going to use me. I didn't know this is the way you were going to do it. You know, and as we read the book of Acts, we must remember that these uh, uh, early followers of Jesus had no idea what it meant to be the church. They actually, you know, they, they had to figure out with the help of the Holy Spirit, you know, how to become, how to be the church that would accurately, accurately represent Jesus, not only to their communities, but also to the world around them. You know, that's, that's something that, you know, it, it, when I read the book of Acts, it, it, it gives me, uh, it, it encourages me because sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. And sometimes I feel like, God, is this really what you want me to do? And, and that could be scary because God may be asking you to do something that you've never done. Just like we're going to see today in, in the book of Acts with uh, Peter and a man named Cornelius. I mean, God was asking Peter to do something that he had never done before. And, and when we get into the book of Acts, if you have your, your Bibles ready, please go to, turn with me to Acts chapter 10. We'll go there in a minute. But they, when the way they ministered back then, it was, it, was, it was a little shaky, a little rocky because they didn't know exactly what, what was going to happen. The transformation power of Jesus had been trapped behind a series of thoughts made up of a mixture of culture, tradition, and ethnic biases. I know that doesn't happen here or anything like that. But, you know, but Jesus was about to speak, you know, into that. And set them free to minister in a way that they've never seen before. Because his church, let me tell you church, tell the person next to you, God has called you to be a minister. Come on. How many of you know that God's called us to all of us to be ministers? Thank you for that amen. Somebody was listening. Yes. <laughs> but yes, God is calling each and one of us to be a community of ministers. He doesn't want just one person. He doesn't want just Pastor John to be ministering. He wants everyone, Pastor Wendy, he wants everyone, each and one of you guys have a story to tell. In Acts chapter 10, verse, uh, verse 1 through 5, it says, says this. In Caesarea there lived a man, a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about 3 o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel, and the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received 
by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. Oof. So we see here a man named Cornelius. And what do we know about him? That he was a Roman officer. You know, he, in other words, he was not a Jew. He was not a part of, of, the, of the culture that, that the, the God's people, like we would call it. You know, that we, and that's important for us to know because that's going to be a big part in, as we go into the message a little, a little deeper. But he was an officer in the Roman army. So it was his job to make sure that the Jews were kept in order. You know, just in case something got a little crazy, he was going to be, in, you know, again, enforcing the law. And the Jews were conquered people. They, they hated the Roman army. It, 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 and it says that he was a God-fearing man. You know, a God-fearing person is someone who not only believes that there is a God who somehow has a power over their future, but this belief can also be seen in the way he behaved. The way he did things. You know, it says that he was God-fearing and, and, and he gave generously to the poor. Uh, and, and this was true in the case of Cornelius. And one of the things that we can note is that not only was he generous and he, he, he feared God, but he was a devoted man. He, he, his faith in God impacted the way he lived. And, and one of the things that we can see is it says that he was faithful both in prayer he was, he was praying continually. How many of us pray for things? Come on. If we pray for things, we believe God for, for him to do and, and show up in those prayers that we're lifting before the Lord. He was devout and God-fearing, but, but he did not yet know Jesus. He didn't know Jesus yet. Isn't it great to see that, that these particular traits didn't stop God from drawing near to Cornelius? Isn't that awesome? How many know that, that, that you don't need to be a Christian to, to hear God's voice? Ooh, come on. You don't have to be a Christian for God to speak to you. He was speaking to Cornelius. And that may be good news for some of you that are here today. Some of you guys that are watching online. You know, but, you know, he, he hadn't made up his mind about Jesus yet. But, but tell the person next to you, God already made up his mind about you. He already made up his mind about you. That's the, that's the great thing. That it doesn't matter about, you know, if you made up your mind. You may be here saying, like, I don't care that somebody dragged me here. But, hey, guess what? <laughs> God's going to meet you right there. Right where you are. And, and, and that is awesome to, to, to know. So God, through an angel, tells Cornelius to send for this man. And he does so immediately. But there, here's the thing that uh, where we end up running into the, to these paradigms that were hindering uh, Peter and, and the way he ministered. You know, there was no way Peter would have to do, uh, do anything with this uncircumcised Roman soldier. The, uh, how many of you guys have people that you say, oh, I'm not going to associate with that guy. Oh, I don't know about that person. You know, I was like, oh, I, I shouldn't really get into that uh, because uh, my testimony would be ruined. <laughs> Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Peter was bound by this Jewish culture and tradition to have nothing to do with people from other nations. You know, up to the, that point in his life, you know, Peter had never been in the house of a, of a Gentile, of a non-Jew person. And yes, Peter had been one of Jesus' closest followers and, and this is the guy that God chose, you know, for him to build his church and he gave him the keys to the kingdom and he's saying, this is what I'm going to do with you. He was one of the most influential leaders in this new thing called the church because it was being formed at that particular moment. But he had not yet realized that, that Jews, uh, you know, were not the only chosen people. That God was choosing everyone. That God was bringing the grace that they, that Peter had received 
to not just himself, but to others through the power of the Holy Spirit. He was bringing salvation to non-believers. He had been raised with the idea, Peter had been raised with the idea that God was on the side of the Jews. So everyone else just didn't make the cut. This is important. If you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament, you know, you will find that God not only, that God did not forbid the Jews to stay away from the Gentiles. As a matter of fact, he had simply told the Israelites that he was, they weren't supposed to follow after the idols, you know, of other nations. But over the centuries, Jews had twisted God's statement into something God never intended for them to do. So, so their culture and tradition and, and, you know, had become mixed with prejudice and Jews would never enter the house to sit or eat with the Gentiles. God had given them a vision. How many of you guys have had visions from God? Oof, come on. A couple of you. How many of you guys have had dreams? Oh, yes, amen. A lot of you guys had those. You know, let me tell you that, that when God shows you something, he's going to begin to reveal what you're supposed to do as well. I mean, not just give you the vision, you know, but he's going to show you exactly what you're supposed to do. Peter, you know, it says that he, he looked at, at heaven and there was a, a great sheet that came down. It was full of all kinds of foods and uh, that Jews were forbidden to eat. And remember that Jews only ate kosher foods. You know, uh, kosher are, are foods are, are prepared according to the Jewish dietary standards. In the Old Testament, there were several things that God had told them never to eat. Uh, but there were all different types of, of food that were in this particular vision. There was, there was animals, there were reptiles and, and birds. And, and none of them were kosher though. How many of you guys have had visions here that say like, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. This is not the way I'm used to doing church. Come on. Amen. Yes. It's, you know, God may be challenging you to do things that may be far out, outside the box. That you're like, man, I don't know, this feels uncomfortable. How many of you guys have felt that, that wrestling in your spirit? Like, I don't know, is this, this is borderline heathen. No, you know. Right? I mean, I'm not the only one. Yeah. You're like, I don't know if I should do this. But God is, is the intent was for God to reach those that were actually outside of that particular uh, uh, nation, which is, again, the nation of Israel. In the vision, you know, uh, God surprisingly tells Peter to eat these particular things that he was seeing. And Peter, Peter had said, I have never eaten those unclean things. But God tells Peter something so important. Don't call something unclean if I have already cleansed it. Now, God uses this vision to undo the paradigm of culture and prejudice. And this had to do with more than just food. Come on. This had, had to do with more than just food. You know, this event went deeper than that. Jesus had brought a new covenant, a new and living way for all people. No more division. Just as there is no more kosher and not kosher food for Jesus' followers, there are no more kosher and, and no ko not kosher people for, for Jesus' followers. Ooh, I know. Pastor John warned me there was going to be no amens here. Okay, but <laughs> he warned me. All right. But there's no kosher, I mean, there's no kosher people. Everyone is included. Everyone is invited to, to participate of the grace and salvation of God. You know, God is going to begin to break down the paradigms that have hindered us, you know, to enter into those no, new things that God wants to show us. God is asking us to rise up, church, to do things that are, have not been conventional, to use things that we have never thought we would use. I would never thought I'd be wearing this jean jacket up here. Yes. <laughs> I had talked to Pastor John. I said, like, hey, what's the dress code? He's like, don't come in a suit, man. I said... <laughs> But make sure to wear clothes. I'm like, okay, sounds good. 
You know, and then I talked to our team. He's like, man, I've been seeing Lompoc Foursquare. Pastor, we need to make you look hip. I'm just saying, because this, this is uncomfortable. But, hey, guess what? I'm like, I'm, I'm preaching on this, so I got to do this. I, I got to do something that's outside the box. My nephew comes. He's like, hey, man, I got something for you. I got some shoes that are going to make you look hip. I'm like, well, dude, okay, whatever. I don't know if that's true or not, but, hey, I'm just going to. Thank you, thank you. I needed that affirmation. I'm kidding. But let me tell you that God's going to challenge you to do things that you've never done before. There's a wrestling. And I told our team, our team will tell you, I was wrestling. I was like, man, I don't know about this jacket. It covers my, my love handles, man. It doesn't cover them. You know, those kinds of things. But, I mean, God is, it will tell you to do things, and not just obviously with just your clothing, but it will tell you to do things, going to enter into a, a place you've never entered. Maybe it looks like a taco place for you, a taco truck. Maybe it looks like, you know, hey, you know what, participate in the children's ministry. And maybe it looks like uh, being involved at camps. I don't know what it would be for you. But God, I believe, has shown you things and you've been wrestling with those things in your, in your spirit, in your soul. Should I do this? Is this right? Is this borderline? God, what do you want me to do? But I'm here to tell you, church, that God wants you to actually begin to step into those things, not with fear, but with boldness. With boldness to say, God, I'm going to be led by your spirit. I know this, is, this isn't me. I know this is not what I would think, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to trust you with what you're asking me to do. Can you I trust God with what he's showing you today, Lompoc? Can you, can you trust God so that he can see, you know, his work done through you in this particular community which he has placed you in? Come on, church. You know, that way, would you say, God, yes, I want, I want to raise uh, the dead, you know, and I, I want to pray for people and get healed. I want to pray for people and get delivered. Would you allow God to actually use you? How many of you guys have felt in your spirit? To pray for somebody and you said, I don't know if I could do that. You know, I'm here to tell you that shame is going to be broken. You know, fear is going to be broken. Doubt is going to begin to break in your life so that you can step into the new things that God is showing you so that his kingdom will come, his will be done on earth, here in Lompoc as it is in heaven. Come on, church, give him a praise. You know, Jesus, Jesus' death tore down that dividing wall that separated God's people from those they were desperate to reach. And now that Peter's vision was about to conclude and he was, you know, going to have an immediate and real opportunity to walk in this covenant reality, you know, he's, he wrestles with this. Let's look at what Acts chapter 10 verse 19 through 20 says. It says, meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, I love what it says, puzzling, because he's like, oh, I don't know if this is true from God. The Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Go get up, go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry. Tell the person next to you, don't worry. For I have sent them. Peter comes down the stairs. Let me tell you, church. Meets these three men and discover that he was not the only one that had received the vision. They tell Peter that an angel had told Cornelius to come and get him. So Peter and some other believers went with these three men about 30 miles from Caesarea and arrived uh, at a house party. Woo. I think, I think Cornelius was Mexican. <laughs> Never invite a Mexican just by himself. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Invite a Mexican, yes. <laughs> but I'm going to warn you, if you invite a Mexican, you invite his whole family. Woo, come on, yes, amen. How many, how many brothers here? You know why? Because Cornelius had gathered all his friends and his family. You know, when we talk about family, we talk about our tias, our tios, our primos, our primas. Everybody else is included. Like, hey, I just invited your family, man. Not everybody else, your extended family. But then that's what happens here. 
There's a party going on that, you know, uh, Cornelius had gathered all his family and friends for Peter's arrival. And, you know, then Peter does something that he had never done in his life. He steps into the house of a Jew. I mean, of a, a Gentile. He, he's a Jew. He's stepping into something he's never done. He's, I can imagine, you know, Peter stepping into, like, man, Lord, please stop me right now if this is you. Like, I mean, you would stop me, but God didn't stop him. So he's like, okay, I'm going to step into this house. And stepped into something he had never done. To see the glory of God manifest in his life like he never seen it before. He enters in the house of this, non -gent, uh, this Gentile, non-Jew. And the mindset that he had, that had been holding him back was being destroyed right there in the moment. There's a weight that comes off of him. Let me tell you, this is exactly what God is doing in our lives, in our midst. In, in, we are in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. If you don't know where that is, that's in the very southern part of Mexico. That's about four hours from Belize, six hours from Belize. So if you can imagine where that is. Uh, <clears throat> We're about six hours north of Belize. And uh, God has given us a ministry to raise leaders and train them and actually believe God is going to send them out. Well, there was a guy named Fernando. Fernando had come to us, you know, from San Miguel de Allende. If you don't know where San Miguel de Allende, it's in the, right here, you'll see it. It's right in the middle of the country of Mexico. It's in Guanajuato in a state. And he had, this, this particular gentleman had left San Miguel de Allende because he was partying. His life was, you know, again, being torn down just by drugs and 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 um and, and just drinking, and then they he goes to Playa del Carmen. Everybody warned him, don't go there because Playa del Carmen is known for partying and all this other stuff. And says you're you're just entering into the mouth of the lions. Well, well Fernando left his his home um, to go to Playa del Carmen. He did he didn't realize that there was a church in Playa del Carmen that's believing the Holy Spirit to do miracles, signs and wonders, and bring people to Him. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> and so right there, he finds Casa de Fe. He begins to, he surrenders his life to Jesus. He begins to get trained up. He goes to our ministry training institute that's about nine months. And he then feels a call from God to go back to his particular city which he left. And then he goes back to San Miguel Allende, begins to uh, talk to all his friends, his family, just kind of like Cornelius, and tells them, look at what God has done in my life. Now, something you got to note is that, you know, Fernando didn't feel prepared to lead, like, a particular group of people. He just shared what God was doing in his life with the people that knew who he was. And then once he began to do that, there's about 20 couples that he began to, to minister uh, to all his friends, all his family. And then they began to ask him questions. And then he calls me up one day. He says, Pastor, I don't know how to answer these questions. You need to come down here. And I said, hey, Fernando, but God's giving you the, the ability to also uh, teach them and share what God has given you. He's like, yes. He's like, but, but I believe God is calling me to, to tell you to come. I'm like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> right? How many have done that before? <laughs> no, no, Pastor John, you got to come and pray for these people. It's like, no, God wants to use you. But, but then the next thing you know, it's like, well, I already bought your tickets to come over here. You and, uh, the, you know, your wife. So you can come over here and do. And he's like, I prepared a marriage retreat that you need to go ahead and minister to. So we began, we, we, we came to this marriage retreat. And one of the things that is, is cool is that during this, this marriage retreat, I didn't know that, I want to say maybe 90% of the, the people that were there, they were unbelievers. They weren't, they weren't Christian. I've never done a, a unchristian marriage retreat. Everybody somehow, when I've done marriage retreats, they've always some, you know, have knowledge of Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit. But then we're talking about purity and, and keeping ourselves, you know, for marriage and keeping ourselves in marriage from seeing things and whatnot, immorality. And then one guy just uh, lifts up his hand one day and says, uh, Pastor, I have a question. I said, yes. He's like, um, is, is going to a nude beach immoral? 
That's exactly what I did. I was like, I was like, oh man, I was like, Holy Spirit, get me out of this one. I don't know what to say. I had never been asked that in a marriage retreat. And I'm like, um, what do you think? That's what I said. I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, no, nah, I don't think that, that that's from God. I'm like, okay, perfect. That's exactly, let's move on. That's exactly what I said. But let me tell you that that's how you know you're doing something that you've never done before. Because it's, it's something that you've never gone through. And, and experience, but God is faithful enough to lead you in those moments of uncertainty, to lead you in those moments that you don't know what to say. I literally prayed. I said, God, get me out of this one. I don't know how to answer. I'm like, but now I, I'm, I'm better prepared. I've become prepared with more questions. Okay, what if they ask me this and this and this? But one of the things that I can tell you is that God is doing something amazing. And this is, uh, I think we have another picture here. We had prayed. This is a vista point in San Miguel de Allende. There's some couples that are not in there. But uh, this is a, a place that Santa Maria Foursquare, when I was back on staff there, we had taken a team, a mission team, to pray particularly for this city six years ago. There was, we didn't know we were praying for Fernando. But we were praying that God would raise somebody up, a, a man of peace in this particular city that God would begin to use so that they could, or, or a woman. We were just saying, God, raise somebody. It didn't have to be a man. But I said, God, use somebody to change the city for your kingdom, for your glory. Well, Fernando has been, again, being raised, trained up, and now he's ministering to all these couples. And then that's him sharing, you know, there at the marriage. I said, we're going to do this together, Fernando. We're, I can't do this alone. You're going to do it with me. He's, he's been, and many of these couples said, if it wasn't for Fernando, if it wasn't for Fernando, I wouldn't have been here. I, you know, he's been imparting in our lives. He's been helping us out. He's just sharing what God has done in his life, church. And then there we have this last one here. This is his community group that meets every Tuesday. So please pray for him. If you pray for, for San Miguel Allende or, or uh, Mexico, you can be praying for Fernando. But that is something that now just has birth out of just saying, God, use me. Would you use me? And Fernando's just sharing his testimony. How many of you guys know that God doesn't just doesn't want a growing church? He wants an obedient church. God doesn't want a growing church. He wants an obedient church. I mean, yes, it's great to grow in numbers, but more than numbers, he wants us to do what he's asking us to do. And, and this is what I told Fernando. I encouraged him. I said, you know, I'm changed because of your obedience. Because you have been faithful to God to do what you, he's called you to do. You know, now he's asking me to step into something I've never done before. But thank you for that opportunity. You know, Peter was transformed in that same way. Why? Because he had never done something into that point that, that was going against his tradition, his culture, his, you know, uh, whatever he had known to the, up to that point. But what could be, my question for you is what could be holding you back from ministering God's heart to this community? It, it wasn't just Peter who had this way of thinking and mindset in his heart. You know, it, it's, it's, it was a two-way conversion, not just for Cornelius, but also for Peter. Peter was also being converted, changed, transformed. Just as Cornelius was. You know, so are there any paradigms in your heart that are keeping you from sharing the message of Jesus, that message of hope to those around you? Does that, does, what does that look like for you? You know, and, and Peter had, had this vision and he said, I would never eat something unclean. Have you guys ever said, I'll never do something? Tell the person next to you, don't ever say that, please, again. <laughs> because let me tell you, I said I would never move to Mexico. And now I'm, I'm living there. I was in a convention one of the times in Dallas, and I, I stepped off the plane. And, and, and if you've been to Dallas, and, you know, it's, it's humid and it's hot. And I said, who would ever want to live in a place like this? Well, if you know something about Playa Carmen, it's one of the most humid places. And I said, I would never live there, you know, but, but here I am. So, you know, what is that I will never for you? 
Does that look like I will never be seen with those people? I will never join the children's ministry? I will never share my faith on social media? I will never, you know, give money to that particular cause or that particular church? I will never go on a mission trip? I will never share my faith with my coworkers? What is that? I will never. See, here's a problem. When, when we make those kinds of statements, we are making promises that go against the spirit of the living God. I'm going to say that one more time. We're making statements that go against the spirit of the living God. And they hurt him as well. You know, we may never think of those statements in those terms. But, but these neg- negative, you know, personal uh, promises that we say, I'll never do this, you know, can be anti-faith. But it can also be anti-Christ. Mm, come on. In fact, these type of statements and beliefs, you know, stop the ministry of God that God has designed for you particularly and designed to to flow freely through you to the world around you. And just as uh, Peter did, Jesus wants to break those beliefs. Just as Peter said, God, I'm going to do this because you're asking me to do it. God had to deal with Peter. And to break them down, we must name those things that are holding us back. You know, I, I love, I follow this particular uh, speaker. His name is uh, Craig Rochelle. He says this, you cannot defeat what you cannot define. So if you can't define those, those I will never, you know, it will be hard for us to actually defeat those things. So it's okay to admit that we're afraid to do certain things. It's okay to say, I don't know what I'm doing. It's okay to acknowledge that some ministry settings may seem impossible for us, that may get messy. Yes, it's okay for us to say those things. But when we turn these things over to Jesus, when we surrender them, we're agreeing with what he said in his word. In Mark chapter 10, verse 27, he says, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God. Say with me, but with God. Come on, say with me, all things are possible with God. Come on, this, exactly. So if all things are possible, I'm going to trust him for whatever he's showing me. Amen. Amen. If I'm going to go ahead and step into the unknown, it's because I know he's with me. I may not understand everything, but I know that he's doing something in my life. At this point, let me tell you, there are a couple amazing things that happen in this particular story that teaches us two things. And, I, and I'm, I'm running out of time. Uh, this is the thing about, did they tell you it was two hours? Yeah. No. They didn't tell you that? Okay. <laughs> Two things that they understood is how to be ministered to and how to minister to other people. You know, First Cornelius retells the story of how the angel appeared to him and told him, you know, to send for Peter. Then in verse 33, he ends the story by saying, in Acts chapter 10, verse 33, he says this. So I sent for you at once and it was good for, of you to come. Now we're all here waiting for God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Tell the person next to you, there's a message that people are waiting for you to hear from you. Come on. There's a message that people are waiting to hear from you. Yes. They were so ready. I'm expecting that this week you guys are going to get phone calls from people. You guys are going to go into the supermarket. You guys are going to go. And there's going to be people saying, oh, my, something hurts. And you say, oh, the Holy Spirit says, you got to pray for him. Oh, you know what? I'm going through this. Oh, man. And then, you know, you're like, oh, man. It's like almost they were calling you out. Holy Spirit, because he wants to use you. Don't be afraid. I'm praying that there would be an anointing of boldness over your life. That there would be boldness to do things that you have never done before. That's what I'm praying for you. They were so ready. These folks were so ready to receive something from God. And Cornelius makes this three-part statement that we can learn from. If we want to be ready to receive from Jesus. You know, he says, we're, we're all here now in today's world. Let me tell you that we can, we can, it, it can be a little weird to get... Uh, people's attention. You know, my wife's always telling me, like, look up to me, look up at me when I'm talking to you, because I'm always on my phone. Can I, can, can I be real with you? Yeah. 
Sometimes you're, you're there and, you know, it's like, hey, remember what we just taught at the marriage retreat. But they were so ready. If we want to, to be ready to receive something from Jesus, we need to be present. We need to be there because all distractions, these distractions can draw our attention away from what God wants us to do. Even in this moment, what would be causing you to, to not go all in? Uh, you know, what is it? Is it a friend? Is it a phone? Uh, you, you know, are you busy? Are you tired? Oh, my sciatica hurts. I'm sorry, Lord. Uh, right? It's a little cold, Lord. I don't know. My muscles are hurting. Can you just give that to the Lord? That's why it's so important to practice. I'm not telling you to actually overdo yourself. But I am telling you to, hey, be obedient to what God is asking you to do. That's why it's so important to be, say, God, would you do something in my life? We're here. We're, we're waiting for something from you. I'm present. But we also have a faith-filled expectation that, that God is present right here in this moment. And that he's going to begin to pour out his spirit right now. As I'm speaking, I believe that God's showing you things. That he's been speaking to you as I'm, I've been preaching. There's things that God is reminding you that, of dreams, of, of visions that you had. That you thought, oh, that was for yesterday. Oh, it's not going to happen today. But I believe he's beginning to stir those things up again. Because the spirit of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whatever he said he would do through your life, let me tell you, he's going to go ahead and fulfill it. Not only today, but he's going to do it in your children and your children's children. Why? Because that is his promise. He is, that's his nature. Amen. Who is your Cornelius? Who is your Cornelius? What tradition or paradigms are hindering you from entering into what God has for your life? I want to conclude with this. You know, Peter preaches to them about Jesus and and God is speaking to him about how God resurrected him from the dead and he, the suffering he had to go through. And in verse 44 through 48 says this in Acts chapter 10. says, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all, say with me all, who were there, who were uh, listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. After, afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Let me tell you that God's going to interrupt your schedule. If you want to be the church that God has called you to be, Lompoc Foursquare, it's going to require for you to allow him to interrupt your schedule. Ooh, I didn't get amens there, but praise God. Okay. It's like, don't mess with my schedule, Lord. I got, I, got, I got places to go. I got people to see. But he stayed there several days more because people were hungry. Can I tell you that the world is hungry? Can I tell you that people are out there are waiting for a message that's coming from your mouth? That's waiting for them to, to, to just give them hope, give, him a, give them a future, like Jeremiah 29 says. God wants to meet you right where you are, church, as well as meet others where they are. Open your heart to him, as Cornelius did. Maybe you're here with the whole family today and, and he told you to bring them. Because as Cornelius was in need of a touch of God, so are you today. Who will be that, that Cornelius to you? I believe that as I pray, God is going to begin to show you what, who that is in your life as he reveals that. To you, I'm going to encourage you not to be afraid of what he's showing you. Because fear can be, a, can be a, man, just a hindering factor. As he reveals that, don't be afraid. Be encouraged that he would show you such a thing. Let God 
do his redeeming work in your life. Let him be the one who breaks the power of those things that have been wanting to hold you back from sharing the love and hope of Jesus with those around you. Can I pray for you, Lompoc Foursquare? Why don't you close your hands, uh, um, close your eyes. Don't close your heads. Open your eyes. No, I'm kidding. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. Mm. I ask you to come, Holy Spirit. And just as you poured out over the life of Cornelius and his family in that day, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, on those that are here today and their friends and family, would you fall upon them today? May your presence, may your tangible presence fall upon them today. I pray that you would visit them with dreams, with visions, Lord, with miracles, with signs, with wonders. Here today, Holy Spirit, pour out your healing. Pour out your deliverance. Pour out that tangible presence, Lord, that they would be able to feel you. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you because you're in this place. I believe he's beginning to show you things. Fill us with you and make us hunger and thirst for more of you in the world and for the world around us, Lord. I pray that there would be an anointing that would fall upon this place, a boldness to be the church that you have called us to be. Lord, to be those, Lord, um, those those people that would lift people up, Lord, to even the body. For those that have been feeling weak, I believe there's several people here that have said, you know what, I don't know if I want to continue going to church. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. Because I believe God is beginning to show you things that you, 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 you've been wrestling with. And you're saying, God, I've already tried this and nothing happens. But God is beginning to do that. Oh, his spirit is on this, in this place, church. I believe he's pouring out. I believe he's touching you right now. Right where you are, he just, okay, why don't you just open your hands and say, Lord, I receive. I receive everything you have for my life. Let him, let him minister to you. Let him heal those past wounds. Let him heal the things that, that once were to begin to happen once again. And say, God, I am willing to do this once again. I'm, I put my trust in you again today, Lord. And even in the past where I had been uh, let down, today I say, God, would you use me again? Lord, I come to you and I ask you to forgive me for doubting who you are my life. Lord, today I thank you because you are with me and you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. I'm, an edit, I'm at an expectation of what you're going to do this week in my life. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.